Hello, and welcome to the IMG Podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering IMGs through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate. Hello, friends and residency candidates, and welcome to today's success story interview, where I have the pleasure of speaking with matched neurosurgery upcoming residents, Ricardo. So hello and welcome. Hey, nice uh, to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about your match? I mean, neurosurgery, it's a crazy field to match into, especially for an IMG. So, you know, where are you going to be starting your program? Yes. So I'll be starting an MUSC, Medical University of South Carolina, uh, this upcoming July. So very excited. Good. Yeah, I can imagine. Can you tell us, you know, where the journey towards neurosurgery started for you? Yeah, um, it's it's interesting. I've always been driven uh, towards the ner- central nervous system. I'm a very handsome person, and I think it's a more of a combination of uh, what I really enjoyed studying during medical school and uh, being there in the action kind of way. I'm a, I was a professional athlete when I was in Dominican Republic. I used to do fencing. And so being in the action, being there, the, the, um, I feed off from that um, feeling that um, um, kind of um, being there. And I don't know, and that's the surgical portion of it. And then in medical school, I was involved in research. I did some research in uh, neurocognitive function. And so that also drove me into neurosurgery, uh, kind of a combination of both. And then... Um, after I graduated, well, I've been working for three years now in the field in neurosurgery here as a research fellow. So that has also confirmed my passion towards, towards it, being able to be there firsthand, looking at a bunch of cases and working in a lot of projects here in neurosurgery. So. And so what medical school did you go to? I went to Universidad Iberoamericana, UNIBE, in Dominican Republic. And when you were there, did you feel that you wanted to pursue a neurosurgery residency in yes, the United I, States at that time? Yes, I did. I think the main uh, drive for me to come to the U.S. Uh, to train is uh, that I felt that for a, such a specialized uh, field like neurosurgery, you need a lot of technology and resources, which we don't have in general in our in our countries or in my country at, at least. And so that really um, wanted to train in the best way possible. I wanted to train with the with all the resources and technologies available for for I feel like neurosurgery. I think that really uh, drove me to prepare myself to to apply and come here for a residency. Uh, but yes, definitely when I was there, I was uh, it was my goal, and that's why I did um, I studied for my steps during medical school over there because I wanted to come here as soon as I could. And did you feel like the path to getting there was open to you, especially as an IMG, or did you feel like there was going to be, you know, some major challenges uh, that you'd have to overcome? Yeah, I mean, definitely major challenges. I think uh, for any IMG that want to come here, uh, we are going to face some challenges. And I, um, for me, the key is to really find an opportunity. You need someone or something to happen and to give you one chance. 
and you have to grab those chances with both hands, you know, and you have to prove yourself. At the end of the day, they want to, uh, when we come from the outside, it's not just because we are internationals. It's really because they don't have the, re the same feedback they have from people from, uh, that graduate uh, from medical schools in the U.S. So you really have to prove yourself. You really have to prove that you come from a good med school, that you come with a good training um, and that you, you can perform and that you can adapt here. So those opportunities, as small as they can be, you have to take full advantage of them and just give your all. And uh, if you're good enough and, and you prove yourself to be good enough, then uh, you'll end up making it. And maybe not in the first try, and I can tell you that, um, but, um, but you definitely can get there if you persevere and, and you do it and you, you push. So did you apply right away or did you start out with this research fellowship or you know, what was the road after medical school to get to where you are right now? Yeah. So, you know, when I was in medical school, only uh, that I know that I knew of at the time, only two others uh, uh, graduate um, prior students in my from my school had made it into neurosurgery. So I had very limited uh, guidance in that sense um, when I grad, But they always I, I always look, looked up to them and, and asked for advice. I was kind of because I had my steps already done when I graduated. I said, I'm going to give it a shot. And I really I applied fresh off uh, medical school. That was back in 2018. And uh, interview season didn't go well. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. tell you that I didn't go. I, I got uh, one interview only that time. And during that process, since um, I started looking at research positions and, re and research uh, opportunities in the in the U.S., and I got the I got the offer to come here where I'm now on Mayo Clinic, and uh, at that time I had to commit before a match. And since my I only had one interview, I decided to withdraw. So I didn't I didn't actually went into the match, but I started my application. And so I I said I'm gonna give myself a chance. I'm gonna prove myself. I'm gonna try to have a better uh, season later on. And so I. I came here and at first it was not nothing guaranteed. Um, it was, um, I came as first to do an observership for three months and they, if I, if they liked me then, and they will give me a research position. And that's how I started. It was an all in really. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you have to take risks and sometimes you have to trust yourself that you're, that you can do it. Um, and if you really want it, I think looking back is the best thing I did. Uh, but it, it was scary. It was very scary at the moment. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially withdrawing from the match. You know, you really yeah. have to weigh that, those potential consequences. Like maybe I would have matched to that program, but, you know, this opportunity is really what's going to probably get your foot in the door and yeah. really make it more likely to get a match get you a know, match. on like reapplication. Exactly. So how did you find the research position itself? Was there a process <laughs> that you went through? It was uh, it was tough at first. I uh, I did I from Dominican Republic. I just started reaching out to different programs, different consultants, looking up online, uh, going into different web pages of different programs, different labs. I got myself an interview at another institution, and that didn't go well. Uh, it was a very uh, as an international, I got asked very. <laughs> Is is very tough interview. They were very uh, judgmental. I'll say one of the interviewers, and so 
the 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 PI, the the investigator that actually invited me for the interview, he was like, "Well, it's not gonna work, but I can connect you, and I can. Um, I know you're good, you're driven, so I'll I'll try to help you." So through him, I got I got in contact with my current boss, which is uh, here at Mayo, and um, he. He at first he was he gets so many applications and he's like, well, you want to try out it? Come for here, spend three months with me. Let's see how you how you work with the team, how you get along, um, get a feel of the of the program, get a feel of the of this place, and let's see if we if if you get along with them and they get along with you, then uh, we may consider offering you something down the road. But nothing assured. And I was like. I'm in. <laughs> I'm going, like, Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. As they said, just get, you need to get one foot on the door and then you just have to, from there on, it's all on you. And I, I know many applicants um, are in the same position and they're just waiting for, for one opportunity uh, to be able to prove themselves. Do you feel like once you got there, what helped you feel confident enough to actually prove yourself in that sense and perform well and you know maybe rise above any sorts of like prejudice or judgment that people might have was that something you feel like you encountered yeah i i feel like the learning curve was very steep at first uh i I had done some research back in med school but it's not the same it was not the same at all um so i had to learn a lot very rapidly and and i feel like um, many times you have to do a lot of self-learning so you have to teach yourself many many skills but what helped me the most during those initial months was to have a i I had the chance to work with a very who is a good very good friend of mine now but he was he was a senior fellow there so he had been working with my with my boss for a long time and he was he was able we, we created a good relationship and he he taught me a lot he guided me and I think that relationship was very important in the first few months, also because I came here completely alone and I didn't know anyone. So that also takes a toll on you. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but definitely what I would say is that having, creating good relationships and, and creating a good uh, team environment and being able to work as a team, being able to collaborate. At first, I was in, more involved in others' projects, um, so I will not lead them but I will collaborate. And in that way, I was able to learn the skills that I needed. So later on, I could lead my own projects. And so mm-hmm. later on also, the PIs and everyone could, ha- could cre- I could create that confidence or I, they could have that confidence to let me lead the projects. And so, uh, but it, it takes time. In everything we do, right? If you start as a PGY1, you're not going to be left in the war alone, right? But you have to start from whatever you can do at first to build up into being that, being capable of doing that. And, um, but yeah, I definitely that, that those was, were tough months, I'll say. <laughs> right. Yeah, I definitely believe it. But you got through it, and it sounds like you proved yourself, and you ended up in leadership roles and you know leading your own projects. So it's amazing. Uh, how did the actual interview season go for you this time around? Now that you had experience under your belt, yeah, I've, uh, it was much better. I'll say I got uh, I got five interviews total, 
um it was it was a great experience um it was um i enjoyed it very much i wish we could have done it uh in person it was virtual but um i mean we make the most out of it our programs did a lot of social events prior to the interviews to try to get uh the residents to know you and so that helped um in neurosurgery is is funny because you tend to see the same uh applicants most of the interviews because it's such a small field so so that was good because down the more interviews you do you did you felt you felt more comfortable also with the applicants and you will see each other and so that that also helped but i did feel prepared i mean i've been working in the field for a few years so i in that sense i i was not worried i think the most important thing for me was to being able to connect with uh, with everyone and to be able to to get a feel of the of the program as well because the harder the, the hardest thing to do uh, virtually is to get a feel of are you going to be a match in a personal level with with the team you're going to work with that team for for long for me it's going to be seven years so i need to make sure right. that, that uh, i can get along with them they can get along with me that we can work together that the philosophy of the program is the same and like Many people focus on like how many cases do you do a year or or what is the which is very important, but that's is that that's easier to to get that information even from uh, the internet, you know. But but actually feeling how uh, the team dynamics, it's I think that was the the hardest thing to feel during the virtual interviews for sure. And you know that brings me to a few questions, but I guess I'll start with. Aside from being able to fit into the team, which is incredibly important and you know, one of the biggest reasons to have interviews in the first place, but you know, when they're looking at applications before the interview, mm-hmm. what do you think residency programs were looking for in order to invite people to get to the interview? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of things. A lot of everyone talks about the step scores. We know that all, all that is changing too, but I think that's just one point of the algorithm and, and the fil- filters. I think that's one filter and it's very important filter. You need to have at least a competitive score for the specialty that you're applying to have good chances. But other than that, also letter of combinations are crucial. I think that helped me a lot. Um, in more, more so from international, for international uh, applicants to have letter of combinations from um, physicians here um, is gonna help a lot. Um, so, and I know it's very hard for us to get it sometimes because we don't have the same opportunities to do rotations, clinical rotations and so on and so forth. But there are many ways that you can, that you can do it. Even doing observerships, you can, um, you can help enough and show enough so they can write you a good letter. And with the letters, I think more than the letter itself is the content. There's a lot of, you need to know who you, who you need to be true with yourself. Don't ask a, le- a letter of recommendation to someone that you know you haven't shown enough because they're going to write, even if they agree, they're going to write a generic letter. And a generic letter can hurt you more than it can help you, even if you had a, because the people notice that. Um, so you need to have good letters more than, more, more than quantity, I'll say quality. And if you can get the number, the, uh, fill them all out, then even better. So that's one thing I'll say. And um, the other thing is that for me, for example, in neurosurgery, you have to look at other, for example, research is very important in neurosurgery. I know it's not as important in other specialties. So you need to to do your research before you apply. Um, 
and then um so and those numbers are 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 there are available for how many publications uh, each applicant that match had for example like mean yeah. number of applications so keep that in mind try to be in that in the ballpark if you can be if you know you didn't do for example i did i did i had a competitive score in the steps but my scores were not outstanding so because i know i have a competitive score i needed to get something outstanding on my application so i can i can compete so so and that was research that's how, how i did it other there are other ways to do it uh that's that was a way that I, that i decided to do but whatever you decide to do is just have i, I think you you cannot put all your eggs in one basket you have to to have a portfolio and I think letter of recommendation, steps, course, research, clinical experience are very, very important for that. Yeah, definitely. And when it came to ranking the programs, although it was virtual, what was going through your mind and your heart when you were really getting to you know, make that list of five programs, which yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's a, you know, not a ton. So you have to really make pretty big decisions for every program. Yeah, it was not. It is not. I didn't have the pro the problem that other applicants had. The good problem problem of having twenty problems to rank. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> but um, I think for me, um, one thing that really helps uh, help make that decision is that um, the the matching process um, benefits the applicant in the sense that you don't have to rank what what in in the place based on where you think you're going to match, but right. you really can rank based on where you want to. And I think that helps a lot. That takes a lot of, of, a, of a toll on the applicant. But for me, I was just, honestly, first of all, I just, I wanted to match. I was going to be happy <laughs> just yeah. by the fact of matching. Just just because I know the odds are not in our favor in the, that sense. But after that, um. To make the order, I I really valued that all the institutions that I had were very very good clinically, so I was not very worried on caseload um, and and what exposure to the field, but I really valued the teamwork, the team dynamics, the the people that were there. I had I I'm so grateful I matched in MUSC, which is one of the only places I was able to actually rotate prior. So I spent wow. a month there before. So I, I was. It gave me a lot of confidence uh, because I met everyone in person. I spent a month there. I worked with the residents. I worked with the PI with the uh, attendings. So that really gave me peace of mind because at the end of the day, you're gonna be. I'm gonna spend seven years there, and I want to make sure I'm just gonna spend seven years in a place that that really that you really feel comfortable in. And the other thing is, of course, you need to look at the city location. All that I think is in a second plane, but it's important to consider. Um, but mainly, the how good of a training you're going to get, and how how well are you going to get along with the team. I think those are the two main things that that I valued. Yeah, that certainly makes a lot of sense, and it sounds like that rotation not only helped make you feel comfortable, but also probably helped them feel comfortable exactly. with you. And you yeah. know, rank you higher. So, you yeah. know, your research experience plus that rotation with the, you know, program that you actually matched at mm -hmm. definitely lend to being a strong combination. 
So what is your vision or your hopes for the next seven years? What do you expect? And you know, you know, do you have a specific goal besides just to get through you know, the training? Yeah, I, I go with an open mind. There are so many subdivisions within the field, within neurosurgery. Here during my time, I've had most exposure to skull business or vascular. So right now, that's what I like the most. But I want to learn as much as I can from the other fields and to be able to make a more informed decision, a better decision down the road to what I want to subspecialize. But I see myself um, taking advantage of the research years that they have within residency. Neurosurgery normally have one to two research years, depending on the program. So that is something that I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, but um, I just want to start being, a, you know, a I'm just looking forward to being in the war, learning and being able to take care of patients, to be honest. So just happy. And I feel very, very honored and blessed to be able to, to take that decision. So. All right, dear friends, that concludes this episode of the IMG podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in for upcoming releases. You can learn more by visiting Match Resident on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you. And until next time, Take care.